welcome to episode 31 of Highway 555. My name is Raquel. Today I am joined by a friend and soul sister, Jacqueline Faith, also known as the Astral Siren. She is an actress, model, and writer turned professional priestess and intuitive healer. Jacqueline has a degree in human communication enhanced by esoteric and holistic studies in psychology, parapsychology, and medicine. She is also a certified Reiki master, infusing it with her own style of energy work for her one-on-one sessions. Hey, beautiful. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. I am really excited. This has been a long time coming. I know. (laughs) I know. And I haven't done anything like this in a while. Um, So I'm just excited to get back into it. Yay. Yeah, I'm so excited. I know we've been talking about it for a few months and, you know, timing is timing is everything. And so I was like, you know what, when it's aligned, it, it'll happen. So it, it happened and I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm excited to dive into this week's juicy topic. But before we do, um, I start off my episodes with what I call a weekly viewpoint mm-hmm. in which we share a little glimmer of our past week. So since you're the guest, I thought we would start off with your highlight. Would you care to share? Sure. Um, what came to mind was actually this moment that I had uh, in the grocery store. We have Fred Meyer here in this region, mm-hmm. um, not to give them like a free ad right now. but um, <laughs> So like, how do I start this? A, a few years ago in 2020, at some point I was in the grocery store. No, I was outside of the grocery store. I was in my car And this person who was apparently uh, not sighted, this was um, a very apparently legally blind person who was like feeling their way around uh, the parking lot and about to bump into my car. And I was going to kind of let them do their thing because as someone who's disabled myself, I don't want to assume that people need me necessarily, even though (laughs) we always want to jump to help. Um, and this person started coming over to the car and I was like, well, if they, if they're like right on my car, I'm going to come out and, (laughs) and, you know, try and and assist them. And I ended up getting out of the car and telling them that I couldn't give them a ride, but, um, it seemed like they had some place to go. So I wanted to know if I could help them out. And it Mm -hmm. turned out that they lived at this apartment complex, um, across the street and they normally have to like cross the road by themselves and all this stuff. And, um, we ended up having the most beautiful, profound conversation. And yeah, and uh, they told me this absolutely unbelievable story about how they came to be not sighted, visually impaired. And um, I was kind of like returning this with my experiences being chronically ill. And um it was so beautiful because it all came around to a lot of faith, faith in God, faith in the universe. And uh, I ended up seeing this person again after having this intuition that they were going to be in my vicinity sometime soon. Like it was just like Mm -hmm. this knowing, like I'm going to see them again, which was interesting because the first time that I saw them, it was actually in a Fred Meyer that was in a whole other town, like kind of a nearby town, but a different oh, wow. town, like not okay. mine. Um, yeah. And the last thing we said, which was um, so cute, just given the whole like circumstance, uh, was see you soon, even though we had mm-hmm. no, like there was no exchange of contact or anything like that. Right. And um, I just had this feeling that I was going to see them again. And I was like wondering what they're trying to remember their name and and all this stuff. And I knew that there was like this circling back 
of timing that was happening. Mm -hmm. And then the other day in Fred Meyer, my Fred Meyer, I saw them again. And it was like the most like, yeah, it was like this really like sweet, um, full circle kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so special. And they like recognized you and everything. Did you get to like chat with them? Or? No, well, um, I didn't really because they were, they were being held by somebody, but I didn't even need to. It was so weird. Like I could feel the energy and it was so, um, it was so potent and strong mm-hmm. that I actually got really emotional and something told me that there were like some key astrological positions going on that were similar to that time. And mm-hmm. it all just, I, I had to go back and read this post that, I made about this person and and what a beautiful experience it was to mm-hmm. kind of let it land and oh. it totally did. So that was oh my, my glimmer. Gosh, I love that. Yeah, Thank I don't you for sharing. I don't know if it translates to someone who hasn't been there or doesn't know like the full story, but hopefully it does because that really that was truly my moment. So I love that. I wanted to no, share. That's, yeah, that's so unique and it really ties into um to our honestly to our topic for um, this episode, but I, okay. So, so for my weekly viewpoint, we'll come back to your story and everything. Um, but for my weekly viewpoint, I'm actually pre-recording this segment with you, um, because I'm going to schedule it to air while I'm in Costa Rica. I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm leaving in a couple weeks. So I would say my weekly viewpoint has just been like finalizing trip details and getting ready for some beautiful Caribbean weather after the ice storm hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I do not blame you there yeah I've been like so looking forward to it and then we got our ice storm this this weekend I was like literally could this have just waited for like two more weeks and that I wouldn't have to be here you know I was like snowed in or iced in for the last like four days but um it's starting like the the weather's starting to I get I mean when I say warm up I mean from like you know 16 degrees to like 40 right but the roads are a lot clearer and stuff how how is it over where you're at you're in Portland right I have been snowed slash iced in well mm-hmm. I was for like five days or something like that up until yeah. today okay. I think I'd only made a brief trip um to Fred Meyer when I saw that person right, right. <laughs> um and that was that's literally that's the other thing about it is that was like the only time that I'd been out um in like yeah this this span of five days. Um, so yeah. And did you walk or drive? Were you able to drive? Yeah, we did drive. And it was like that sweet spot where the snow from that first big storm was melted, but the next supposed, you know, storm didn't start, which didn't end up being a snowstorm. Exactly. That one. It it was more just like frozen rain. Yeah. Rain and cold and then it froze. (laughs) Um, so needless to say, I completely agree that, planning a trip to a tropical location at this time is a glimmer and a half. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've been looking at um, just like, you know, certain places that I want to go while I'm there and, you know, perusing their Instagrams or their websites and stuff. And I'm like, I want to be there right now. Like Costa Rica is so high on my list. I'm yes. so excited for you. I, oh my gosh. I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm, I'm staying um, for one week at like a wellness resort. That's like right on the Caribbean. Um, yeah. And then I'm spending, so I'm going for like a retreat. It's, it's like a yoga retreat. And then I'm saying, I remember you telling me about that and yes, kind I of inviting me and I so wish I could go. Yes. I really do. Yes. I'm not in the position right now, but that would be so amazing. No I'm just worries. really stoked for you. I, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. So we're going to be there for a week and then, um, like 
pretty much everybody on the retreat is kind of dispersing after that week. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be solo traveling for another like five days. (sighs) So for my solo travels, I'm all like, okay, where do I want to go and all that. And I got, oh my God, I got this adorable Airbnb that I'll send you pictures of it. But I posted, actually, I posted it on my Instagram story today. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't Um, yet, but I'll take a look. Okay. Oh my gosh. But it's so cute. And so I'm like, that's going to be like my home base. And then I'm doing like little day trips um, throughout those last like five days that I'm there. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, just like finalizing all those details, you know, booking like shuttle transportation and, you know, food where I'm going to eat and like all that has been the majority of my week. So I guess, you know, being snowed in, I had its perks because I I got to like actually sit down and plan everything out. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the timing actually worked out really well, but as far as (laughs) getting away in January, I feel like that's always my, my goal and my plan ever since living in Portland, because January is just notoriously the hardest month every year. And it never seems to work out quite that way (laughs) um, for me, but I'm, I mean, it's close enough. You said you're going in February. Yeah. Yeah. I'm leaving like like February 3rd. So. You will be there literally during my birthday. So I, I will live vicariously through yes. you. Yes. I will. I will FaceTime you or something from, from the beach. Oh, that'd <laughs> be awesome. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Send you some warmth. Thanks in advance. Oh, you are so welcome. Um, But yeah. Okay. So let's get into today's topic. Yes. I am so excited. Um, I know we had like our little shared note that we were sending back and forth and, and like kind of adding some details on it. But basically, the overall theme for today is going to be talking about psychic abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jacqueline, can you explain to our listeners in your own words, what is a psychic? Like what does the word itself mean um, specifically to you. And then also if you want to address it as, um, as part of the collective, like what, what is a psychic in today's world? Yeah. It's weird to try and define it as a particular person with a particular mm-hmm. gift. Cause in my opinion, we all have access to this to some degree. Right. Absolutely. Um, but as far as like embodying an intuitive, I would say, or a, a psychic even more so it's about, really utilizing, having access to, having an acknowledgement of gifts related to knowing, knowing things that you wouldn't otherwise know just by paying attention to the physical world that we all know as like reality and the mainstream and what we're taught to believe. Mm -hmm. And they usually come in a few different forms. Um, you might have heard of them with the word Claire at the beginning. So we have like Claire audience that's uh, being able to hear, that's psychic hearing, clairvoyance, psychic seeing, clairsentience is like a psychic knowing or psychic feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. Cognizance is more of the just knowing it in almost like the the brain and mental space, but it's as if it's coming from somewhere else, but you just mm-hmm. know. And then there's even Claire olfaction, which is psychic smell. And I have had experiences or honed in on pretty much all of these. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I know I love that you brought in the Claire's because I do definitely want to touch on that. Um, but I want to go back to something that you said about how it's about more than paying attention, right? Yeah. And something I really want to highlight in this episode is that like psychic abilities, like those certain psychic qualities 
anyone can be a psychic, correct? I believe so. I, I know people that don't or people mm-hmm. that would be, I, I guess one of the things is a lot of people are exhibiting psychic gifts or utilizing psychic gifts and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. So it's about having that actual awareness that that's in fact what you're doing and not brushing it off as coincidence or, <laughs> you know, I just know that because I saw it and I must understand like subconsciously that that's what's going on and, mm-hmm. and, and like really believing and understanding what's happening on an unseen level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I actually talk about this in one of my previous episodes talking about um, intuition, right? And mm-hmm. like growing up, my mom was always, she always said how like women have a really strong intuition. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't really understand until way later in life and after my soul awakening and, and all that, that intuition is just that deep sense of knowing, like you were saying, right? Right. So would you say that when someone is, um, I guess, in tune with their intuition, that that is a psychic ability? Yeah, I, I would say that there's probably a gradient of how deeply that manifests or uh, how strong it feels, but that the line between purely being intuitive and being able to call yourself a psychic is pretty thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how would you, how would you interpret being a psychic in your own life? Like with, with the work that you do, can you give us some examples of um, how you utilize your psychic abilities? Uh, one thing that comes to mind because it's just such a, it almost, <laughs> I almost want to use the word like party trick or parlor trick because it's <laughs> its one of the psychic elements that actually grabs people's attention and feels, I mean, people are skeptical of it, but it's one of the things mm-hmm. that if you see it and you hear it and you witness somebody doing it, it's kind of like, how can I not believe? And that would mm-hmm. be mediumship. Mm-hmm. So being able to penetrate the veil between this life and the next one, or however you want to put it, since time isn't linear, and being able to communicate or receive information from people who are, or entities who are not in our physical reality. Mm -hmm. And so you're saying, so go back to the party trick that you were saying. Give us an example of something that Um, that you've So one thing that's come up uh, quite a few times is normally... I don't like to solicit readings, especially if they're paid. Like I would never reach out to somebody and be like, hey, so-and-so is trying to talk to me. If you want to get more information, give me 50 bucks. Like I'm not going to do that. Um, That's such a a scammy thing, by the way. And if you ever run across that on Instagram, just steer clear because (laughs) that's not – I mean, there's a chance that some of them could really be gifted and they're just kind of misusing it in my opinion, but a lot of those people are – Uh, scamming you. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do when somebody comes through to me, and it's usually via the internet because um, let's be serious, I don't get out a lot. I'm (laughs) I'm a little bit of a a homebody um, for so many reasons, but um, a lot of times this happens online. So I'll be seeing a person and I'll start getting this kind of nudge or um, somatic feeling that I'm tapping into someone who's trying to communicate with them. 
Mm-hmm. And I have to decide how to go about this because there are some ethical aspects to it where it's like, should I be tapping into their energy without their permission? Uh, if they don't give me permission, I can't um, channel as well as I would like to anyway. Uh, how can I confirm that this isn't just my mind thinking it and all these other things? But the more I've done it, the more... I understand that it's really happening, but Mm -hmm. I'll see somebody online on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and I'll keep getting this message. Like sometimes I'll know that they have someone crossed over for sure. Like it's something they post about. It's something that's a big part of who they are and how they present themselves. And other times it's someone that I don't know for sure has has passed on, but I'm getting the message that Mm -hmm. this person wants to speak to them. And I'll end up eventually, because they won't stop bothering me until I do it, (laughs) asking them, hey, I'm getting this um, nudge from the other side. Is it something you'd like to hear more about? And if they give me permission, then I can go into it. And usually that kind of opens up a channel where I'm, as I'm speaking to them, actively getting more information. And it's usually something that, you know, they've really needed to hear at this present time. And I've had Mm -hmm. that happen um, many times where it proved to be significant and relevant to them. And some of the things that were coming up made sense to them. And it allowed for some kind of transformative experience that they, in fact, did not have to pay me for. Um, And I really love when that happens. Absolutely. No, I love that. And I can can testify to that as well, because I remember when I had a reading with you, I want to say it was a couple of years ago, actually. Yes, I remember, I I remember this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was still in Texas and um, and I had booked that reading with you and one of my spirit guides, who's also um, an ancestor, she was my great grandmother and she came through mm-hmm. and like spoke through you. And I, re- I just, I remember you like describing it to me and I was just, I was just floored by it because the way you were describing her like I knew exactly how she um presented herself to you and then Mm -hmm. afterwards like I sent you photos of her and stuff and you're like yeah that was her and I was like oh my gosh so like to anybody listening to this like this is I can't I I guess I can't exaggerate enough like how (laughs) real this is and um and Jacqueline obviously I'll be I'll be putting all of your contact information and everything in the description for this episode so any of our listeners can reach out to you directly to book with you and stuff. But I just want to say, like, I've firsthand experienced your work and your gift and um, everything that you were just describing. Like, I remember just being floored by it. So I can I can only imagine however, like how many other lives you've touched and you've reached through um, through this gift. And it's absolutely beautiful and amazing. And I've been slowly honing my own skill with it. Mm-hmm. And I've always just you've always inspired me and I've just really really looked up to you in this so I really appreciate that I mean I actually really needed that right now (laughs) thank you thank you for that reflection you are Um, so welcome yeah so that's one of my favorite manifestations of the psychic gifts and I think it's one of the most that's like wow like you're actually doing something (laughs) yeah a lot of other ones can sometimes feel I don't know it's almost confusing like you can second guess if this is just uh, a coincidence or did I really know and a lot of intuition and and psychic gifts are confirmed after they actually happen like we don't if you're not tapped in and you don't dedicate yourself 
to knowing or trusting, trust is really the bottom line, Mm -hmm. Uh, trusting that what you're receiving is of value and real, um, you know, you're just not going to know until you, (laughs) until you see it. What are some myths about psychic abilities that you would like to address? Um, Like basically about like how, how psychic abilities show up or how they come through versus reality like do you have any examples that you could share or anything that comes to mind (laughs) what just came to mind is like the (laughs) the the sequences of visions that like raven would have and that's so raven i don't know if you watched that show on on disney (laughs) and like when when somebody has a vision in like a, a hollywood type of way it's very much like the whole world stops and you just like turn and you you have this weird look on your face and you're not penetrable like nobody can can talk to you and you're just somewhere else and then you have this like rapid fire uh thing that happens like some kind of montage or something like that and you know it's not always like that sometimes it's a lot more subtle and i would argue that the subtlety actually gives way to yes this actually is intuition as opposed to like this is anxiety or i'm having some kind of medical episode or or whatever. And I say that because I've actually had situations where it was hard for me to distinguish between having some kind of medical episode and having, you know, like a, a vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the ways that I can distinguish that most easily is if I'm in a trance or my brain waves are slowed down, such as before sleep, um, but mm-hmm. I'm not quite dreaming. I'm very lucid and uh, I can still even have conversations. Sometimes I'll even sit up during the process, but I'm having like a dream-like vision, but it's centered more in the third eye. Um, and they see, it It manifests so many different ways for me that it's almost hard to, to pinpoint, but it doesn't look like what Hollywood says it's going to look like. And same goes for intuitive gifts like telepathy, which I think we all do to some degree. In fact, that's recently been proven by science. Um, it's not necessarily interpreted to the depth that we'd like it to be yet, but people have witnessed brain waves literally changing uh, in response to another person's brainwaves that's nearby. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's very much a testament to the telepathy that we're all actually doing all the time, but then can get more and more tapped into as we go into our gifts and get more connected to spirit and the divine and open ourselves up and, you know, stop taking fluoride or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, and yeah, it just doesn't, even the telepathy just doesn't quite look like what you would guess. Like a lot of people would think telepathy happens like I'm literally hearing that person talking to me in my mind and they don't have to say anything. And it's like, hey, Jacqueline, like <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to talk to you. Can you hear me? And like, that's not how it's going to be. It's like a lot of times it's thinking something was your own idea when it actually was like the root of it was from somebody else's brain waves or initial idea rippling out toward you. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, I, I, that totally resonates with me too, because like what you were saying, Hollywood, and that's a perfect example, make it, they make it seem like it's this whole episode, like this whole event. And I have never experienced something like that. Really? And it's always, it's always, well, it's always been like, like little 
like little things that I'm just like, oh, like like you were saying, like is like is that real or did I was that just like a like a like a fluke basically? And mm-hmm. and it took me a while to really learn to trust that and to trust my intuition, trust what I was hearing, what I was seeing, what I was feeling. It really started off with um it really started I was I mean I was young like this this has been happening for years for me decades at this point Mm -hmm. but I you know I'll be like in a grocery store I'll be driving whatever and I'll pass somebody or see somebody I won't make eye contact eye contact with them or anything but I'll literally just like know something about them yeah and it took me so long because like it would be something random like I'll, I'll see somebody and I'll be like oh my god her mom just died yesterday you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like some like r- random shit like that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say anything to anybody to my family or anything. Cause they, I thought, you know, they'd probably think I was crazy, right. but it wasn't until later when I really started learning to trust that knowing that sense of knowing that I started exercising, actually having the courage to talk to a random person about something. Like you were saying, like when you, when you get these messages, when you, um, feel some feel someone from the other side, you know, wanting to give a message to someone here, it it you have to be very aware of it. Yeah, and, and that's then, a lot of pressure anyway. It really like is, get it right. right. And that's 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 another thing, even in in sessions and stuff, one of the things mm-hmm. I like to focus on is um, getting messages that are going to help this other person heal in some way mm-hmm. and transform. So we were talking about party tricks and parlor tricks. In my opinion, having like those really specific things that you just throw back at a client, like, oh, you know, you must be an Aquarius, which I've, I have stories about like doing that too. And there's been some like really interesting specific things that have come up with, that I've come up with. Um, but what's even more important than that, cause those in the end are just like, wow, I'm a really good guesser. Like, did mm-hmm. I actually, did I right. actually help you? So my goal when I have a session is, um, to make connections and help people see their own shadows, some of which they probably are already tuned into to a degree, but just need that affirmation or that confirmation. Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of ways, I think it just doesn't always look like what people expect. And I think sometimes if you don't go into a reading, for example, or connecting with a psychic for the right reasons, it can almost be a little disappointing. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, when you're connecting with people that aren't actually uh, honed in on that ability, but think that this is a great way to scam people, or maybe they like the aesthetic, they like the performance um, and all of that. Sometimes they're giving these specific things that are making people go, wow, I can't believe you knew that. But actually there's no way to determine that that's true until it actually happens. Exactly. And that can also give people a lot of anxiety and turmoil that's not always necessary. So my goal when I connect with somebody is to have an experience that is for their highest and best in this moment. Like what messages and things do they need to hear that are going to help them get through, you know, whatever current karmic cycle they're in with the most ease. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's a beautiful way and a beautiful intention to set before going into session. And I'm the same way. I, I mean, like, yeah, like you were saying about, um, you know, guessing somebody's sign and stuff. Like, I feel like I'm, very good at that yeah yeah but, yeah but I mean but but at the same time like people can be like oh like how you know yeah you did you did you just 
guess that based off of you know this or that or whatever you know and I'm like okay let's go a little bit deeper here and then that's when people start getting freaked out because I'm like look you asked for this shit like if you want me to go deeper (laughs) like we can go deeper (laughs) yeah and I love that that's really fun like when that happens it's so much fun like like for example um using cards using oracle cards using Mm -hmm. uh, tarot um I, I like to do that and it's really fun and my clients love it too. And, but that's the biggest reason I use it is because they just really like it. Like they love seeing it and they love mm-hmm. the affirmation and the confirmation. But the truth is I don't need the cards. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love, I, again, I can testify to that when you, when you did my reading, cause I think we did, I think you did use cards, but like the majority of the time you were just speaking directly like mm-hmm. you know what I mean and then like afterwards you were like oh and by the way I pulled these cards and like it was just all like all confirmation I was like okay cool <laughs> and I love that for myself too because yes. it's so much fun too like because this isn't this isn't easy and that self-trust mm-hmm. that we were talking mm-hmm. about that self-trust which is ultimately also like trust in divinity if we ha- if mm-hmm. we feel that connection right that doesn't come very easily and there's still a lot of skepticism that even seeps into my experience today like I, j- I still have that come up all the time. So to have that that confirmation or affirmation in those sessions is also very validating um, for me and the other person. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just always, it brings this sense of awe and beauty that keeps it fun and keeps it like exciting for me to do as well. I mean, of course, there's the just giving somebody some sense of, you know, comfort, reassurance, or moreover, helping them expand is, that's great on its own. But Mm -hmm. to keep having that connection with the divine reaffirmed for myself is also really powerful and really important for me to be able to sustain continuing these, these sessions and to use my gifts because that can also be very draining. And without that continued trust, um, it would be easy to disconnect Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and like you said, that validation is literally everything. Like it just, it literally keeps me going, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. And that's hard to say. Cause I think, I think a lot of people who have these abilities, um, there's the ego part still as well, where you don't want people to know that you're questioning yourself or other people are going to question too. And I think that's valid to a degree. Like we want to be very solid in, mm-hmm. in what we're saying, but I have no, qualms being open about my own skepticism, especially because before, um, before like my first big dark night of the soul, I would, I don't know, I've had a lot of dark nights of the soul, (laughs) but before like the first one that I, I kind of was aware of what was happening on a spiritual level as it was happening instead of in hindsight, um, before that I was very intellectually minded. Mm -hmm. And even with the intuition and the psychic abilities and the woo stuff and the things that I was interested in and the, the, um, kind of witchy side of myself, I questioned everything all the time that I would experience. And I mostly leaned toward that isn't real. And what we can validate with the scientific method is real. I was Mm pre-med. I was going to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very into science. I'm very science minded, but it comes to a point where, and I'm still trying to find the way to word this perfectly and correctly because it's really difficult to, but people will say like, 
when you're experiencing this, if you're not questioning it or something, like you're probably crazy or you're probably a quack, and that's true, but there's also this flip side to it where you start experiencing things so much, synchronicities and and affirmation of, of your intuition after the fact, that if you were to say, I'm not psychic or I don't have some kind of ability, I'm not tuned in in this way, it's actually even worse. Like you're even more of a like ignorant kind of person because you're not you're not giving credit where it's due. You've seen this happen over and over and over and over again and you're still saying like you that's not real and there's no such thing. Like statistically what you're experiencing doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. but it's still happening. How do you how do you synthesize that? How do you find right. some kind of consensus about that with, oh, I need to have a good head on my shoulders. I need to be grounded. I can't be thinking like these things are real when they're not. And I can't be crazy. That's psychotic. I can't, you know, it, it comes to a point where it's actually kind of crazy if you don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I, okay. That totally resonates with me too, because like what you were saying, coming from like a scientific logical point of view, I was raised in a very conservative um, Christian household. So right. I was come from ex- an extremely religious background. And I talk about this in my first ever episode on, on my podcast, um, my relationship with religion, because I grew up being taught that if I couldn't defend what I believe and like I couldn't back up, you know, whatever was going on in my life or whatever I was feeling or whatever. If I couldn't back that up with the Bible, then it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Then it wasn't real, you know. And that was literally the first step in, you know, stepping out of the church scene mm-hmm. um, because there were so many things that I I couldn't, you know, <clears throat> I couldn't find in the Bible. I couldn't find a verse that defended what I thought and felt and, you know, all that. And so I, I totally get what you were saying, you know, what you're saying about just, um, you know, having, I don't know, like it, I, I think, I think those types of, um, thought processes, like where you, where you feel that you have to defend something <laughs> in order mm-hmm. for it to be real is it can be it can be so limiting it, it really I was is. just about to say that it really yeah. can be a hindrance and that's yeah. one of the reasons too why I love that you kind of kept your experiences to yourself and I understand that the reason for that may not be that great like it's probably because you felt like the feedback would be uh hurtful or or people mm-hmm. would wouldn't believe you and that's that's of course very hurtful but at the same time then you're not meeting with that energy that's going to cause you to contract and regress and go backwards in in your gifts constantly mm-hmm. because and doubt you, myself right exactly yeah. so then by the time that you're able to express like this is what's happening and i have these gifts you're so solid in it and you mm-hmm. didn't have to take on other people's reactions that even when they do react finally it doesn't matter anymore yep exactly Okay, so let's go back because we were talking about some psychic abilities that are are more commonly known or practiced and you brought up the clairs. Mm-hmm. So I want to go through like the five main clairs that you had mentioned yeah. and, um, and explain a little bit more about them, but also for anyone listening who feels you know they that they might have this certain psychic ability, like what are some ways that they can exercise it? What are some ways that they can 
um, test it, if you will. So let's start with clairvoyance. Can Mm -hmm. you start us off with that? So clairvoyance is the most interesting to me because it is the most close to what people think of when they think of a psychic, like somebody who is, is able to see things in their third eye, see into the future. Uh, Clairvoyance, if you break down the words, it's just um, being able to, to see like all Mm -hmm. seeing kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that was the last thing that I really identified with just because it's held to such a high standard with the stigmas of either, um, like that's crazy if you experience that, or if you do experience it and it's real, it has to look like it does on TV. And so that was like the last thing for me to really assimilate and be like, oh, I am actually experiencing that too, because it's also very easy to dismiss as this is just stuff I'm visualizing in my mind's eye or imagining. But Mm -hmm. the fact is that clairvoyance and what you see or what you experience in your your headspace when you are imagining something are not too far apart. Mm -hmm. So if I had to say what the difference was – I would say that when I'm having a clairvoyant vision or an experience like that, it's more like I'm on the receiving end of it than actively orchestrating it in my mind. So if you are imagining something and you're visualizing it in your brain, and it's kind of like a dream, but in waking, you're Mm -hmm. seeing the pictures. It's illustrations almost, like as if you were reading a book and then receiving an image, except that it's your own internal monologue creating that image. So that's what imagining is most like. When I'm having a clairvoyant vision, it's almost like I'm just the monitor. Like if there was a computer and a monitor, I'm just the monitor. Mm. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yes, it does. It does. So, okay, clarify something for me though, because you were saying that, um, like you mentioned, uh, clairvoyance is like seeing into the future, correct? It can be seen into it the future, be. but okay. not, not not necessarily. It can be knowing something that's happening right now, or it can okay. be, um, but that's what people associate it with the most, would be you. seeing Got the you. future. Okay. Personally, for me, I, I feel that my clairvoyance is um, mostly in seeing auras or right. seeing spirits like around that's a, that's me a or really, around other people. That's a really okay. good, good thing. See, I just, and this is just, this is purely like a definition and semantics thing. Mm-hmm. I liken that to, um, clairsentience more. And I okay. think, but that, I think the reason I do that is because the way it manifests for me is, is also like a feeling at the same time as it is a seeing. So okay. to me, those lines are like a little bit blurred. So a lot of the things that I'm seeing in like a real sense, um, like as in somebody could be in the room with me and I'm seeing their aura or, um, I'm picking up, you know, fairy lights or something interdimensional or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I can totally see how that would be clairvoyance also, but mm-hmm. I kind of think of it in the realm of clairsentience, but that's okay. just a personal thing. Yeah. No, I, I kind of, I kind of get that. I kind of feel that because, um, well, we'll, we'll get into clairsentience, but I totally get what you're saying because when I'm seeing someone's aura, I'm also like feeling it as well like I'm feeling it on more than just the 3d level right so yeah so that totally that ties in we'll come back we'll come back to clairsentience but okay 
So with clairvoyance, so for someone listening and they're like, oh my God, maybe, maybe that's what, maybe that's what it is that I see because I see, you know, this and that, or there, you know, certain pictures that come forward or whatever. What are some ways that you would encourage them to, to test that, to, to hone that gift? Uh, something that comes to mind is actually journaling. And I know you're a big fan of, of journaling, but, yes. <laughs> but for this, um, when you have a vision or have something that seems like it could even be close to a vision, write it down so that you can go back to it later, like after you experience something that's just like it, or if somebody says something to you to cue in like, hey, actually, I was kind of like seeing that in my third eye at the same time that that was happening to you. Mm. And because sometimes it's so fast and so brief or so similar, or you've actually been doing this your whole life and you don't even realize it, that you don't even know to like really sit with it. And uh, let me see if I can give an example, like a recent example. Um, this is kind of a crazy example, actually. But uh, <laughs> <Go for it. laughs> you know what happened recently with the um, the Miami aliens, supposedly? Yes. Okay. So you mm -hmm. know about that. So for the listeners, if you don't know, we recently had something come up where people said that they saw extraterrestrial type beings, like very tall ones. At yeah, a, like seven or eight foot tall or something, yes, right? Yes, at a mall in Miami. Mm -hmm. And um, there was this footage of a ton of, of police and, and cops. And for some reason, one of the things that I get visions of all the time is situations where cops are involved and I can see the sirens and I can see um, and hear them sometimes too. I can see the, you know, the emergency vehicle going to the scene or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the night before this footage came out and was starting to go viral, I saw that image in my third eye, but my interpretation was a little bit different because I don't know if you saw the footage, but there was like a, some kind of concrete straightaway that was in yes, the middle. Yes, the palm trees. And right, the cops exactly. Were, yeah, yes. the cops were further the, in the distance. Yes, the palm yes. trees and then the cops and everything. I saw this in my third eye. Like I got a complete, very vivid vision of this um, the night before while I was okay. lying down and in a relaxed state. But okay. my, and I wrote it down because I was like, huh, this is interesting. Like this, I wonder what this is going to be. <laughs> and um, I wrote down like that it was like a desert and like all this stuff <laughs> because my interpretation of it was from like seeing the pond, which is wild because I'm literally from Florida. Like, why was right, I like, right. oh, this is in <laughs> Florida? Like, is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, oh, it's the desert. It looks like Route 66, but with palm trees. <laughs> and like, I'm like this straightaway, I see like a road. And, but then when I saw it on the footage, I was like, that's exactly what I saw. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the type of image that I would get because this is the stuff that I'm tuning into all the time mm -hmm. um, as far as, ETs and um, potential conspiracies, which I'm sure is a whole other podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, so I saw that and I wrote it down and then I saw it the next day and I put two and together like, oh, the footage, that's what I was seeing. And it was from the same like aerial viewpoint as well. Um, so I think when you have some experience that feels like that, if it feels like maybe a waking dream or like you're on the receiving end of a vision and you're not actively thinking about it. And it, sometimes these are very brief. They can be extremely brief. And yep. they're usually something that's going on on an energetic level. Like one thing that I do clairvoyantly uh, that I it took me a while to realize what was happening is um, I'll have a flash of an image from my past and it's just like the scenery and the feeling. 
Um, and the people that were there aren't necessarily in it. The happenings that occurred in that setting aren't necessarily going on. It's just a flash of this place and the feeling that I associate with it. And what I'm actually doing is over time purging and deleting energetic signatures um, from those times in my life as I go on to heal these things in cycles. And I can be healing that on some level even when I'm like cleaning my room. Mm -hmm. And then I'll get this flash of it for whatever reason because my body's kind of doing that almost like I compare a lot of what happens <laughs> with um, consciousness, the universe, et cetera, to a computer system because that's very much what it's it's like. So that thing mm -hmm. might be running in the background while I'm doing something else. But that um, little vision gives me a cue as to what's, what's going on or what's being deleted or what's being released. Mm -hmm. um, but they can be very, very fast. So if you can find a way to be grounded with it and record it and then get that confirmation after in some way and start making connections, then you can really strengthen it. Because one of the things that's going to strengthen it the most is being aware of it at all mm -hmm. and really solidifying your own belief that that's what's going on. I love that. I actually love that. I I know I, I have written down a lot of um, my clairvoyance uh, experiences but I've been more dedicated to writing down my dreams um and that has those ha I mean would you consider dreaming clairvoyance or absolutely that's okay. totally okay. tied to it and it's 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 great that you mentioned that I mean that's a whole other podcast too but I'm yes, a yes. <laughs> I'm a big dream worker and I have been yes since you I was, are since I was a little little kid and I would say that was one of the places where I found my psychic gifts first I would agree with that for me as well, because I've always had extremely vivid dreams and growing up, I mean, my family would literally like ask me every morning around the breakfast table, like, Raquel, what did you dream about? Like, we mm -hmm. want to hear your dream. And because they were always so vivid and detailed and, and just graphic, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I want to say like my late teens where I actually started writing them down and they would come to fruition literally right. you know weeks months what even sometimes years later but I had that journal that I kept and I would look back on it and I'm like oh my god like I remember having this I, I write it down sometimes on my phone just because that's like the you know easiest I thing do that to so grab much whatever. now too right? my notes are are popping they're literally crazy <laughs> I, I put like dream and then like the date or whatever yes. but sometimes I, I don't even remember the fucking dream dude like I will wake up the next day write it down and then a couple weeks later I'll be going through my phone my notes and I'm like when did I have this dream? Like it totally, like, I didn't even remember it because I wrote it when I was still like lucid Yeah. and oh my God, it's crazy. And then, but like, it actually did happen later. And so it, anyway, it's just, it's a whole thing, but no, that's great. Writing is, is great. And that's why I suggest the journaling for this. I love and, that. Um, yeah. I, I sometimes like, I don't want to regret it, but I almost regret not writing more in the last several years. Cause my experiences have been so out there and crazy mm -hmm. and it's happened so much and in so many different ways that it's almost hard to remember or bring up. And then it's hard to retrieve them when I want to if I just like told a friend about it or something via mm -hmm. Facebook Messenger. And I really wish that I was more adamant about journaling in the last several years. But truthfully, so many things were going on that my hands literally could not keep up. Like they, right. it would be right. impossible. <laughs> so I try, I'm trying to like let go of that. Like it doesn't have to be documented to have happened. And everything that I really need is still in the bones. But absolutely. Yep. 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 
All right. Well, let's move on to, well, we were talking about um, clairsentience. So that's the, that's the feeling. So right. let, let's talk a little bit about that and what are some ways that um, our listeners can practice that gift. Clairsentience is cool because it's the hardest one to describe. <laughs> <laughs> so um, like uh, one example, let's just start with an example, would be um, being able to perceive residual energies or if we talk about like hauntings and things like that in an item, typically, I mean, sometimes people might be able to touch something and like either hear or see something. So all of the psychic gifts can be kind of triggered, but a, a probably mm-hmm. more common one would be feeling something to do with that item. Like Mm -hmm. maybe there's, it doesn't even always have to be a sound emotion, but it can be, it can be grief. You know, it can be, oh, suddenly I'm, I'm feeling angry or, or this one makes me really happy. Those can be like little ways that we experience it, but it can also just be this all over somatic, almost inexplicable feeling that's practically in your cells. Mm -hmm. And I would experience that, for example, if I was going to a museum and let's say there were some things that were reproductions and then other things that were actually used in the time period that that section represents, I can feel the difference. Oh, okay. Wow. It's, 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 it's really cool, but it's also very difficult because I've been in some really dark places with very, very low vibrational histories. Mm -hmm. And I feel that like crazy. Like if I step into, um, and of course there are physical things that might contribute to this. Like it might be really cold. It might be really dank, like a basement. It might be, Mm -hmm. you know, there are physical elements to it, but one of the cues that it might not be just that is if you're feeling this a little bit differently or more so than anybody else in your group or other people around you don't seem to be affected in quite the same way, yep. then you might have some kind of clairsentience going on, which I also would include empathy, like sincere feeling empathy or being able to feel somebody's emotions. Like I can feel somebody's emotion and where they're at through a text. Like they can be like, Hey, um, I'm doing this or whatever. And I'm like, are you okay? (laughs) What's going on? And, um, that's partially like just an instant it's clear cognizance also, which is just the knowing, but it's also the feeling. And it's very complex because this also leans into some synesthesia type stuff, which I also experience. Um, so for example, past times in my life, I've always been kind of a nostalgic person, like really into, I don't know, thinking about the past and remembering things. I always had a really good memory, which I don't really anymore, Same. actually, from <laughs> from like several spiritual awakenings. I've had a lot of stuff just like, doesn't matter anymore. That's going to, that's going away. Delete it. Doesn't serve <laughs> anymore, right. Yeah. Um, but for most of my life, I had like an amazing memory. And um, like I would remember dreams that I had from when I was three and remember them very vividly. I have a little bit of synesthesia. And one of the ways it manifests for me, which isn't even like a – a clearly defined form of synesthesia, though I have a few of those too, I can feel a time period and it has like this this energy feeling signature throughout my entire body. Like if I think about being a kid in the 90s, I can feel a certain feeling like in my muscles, in my skin, et cetera, that pertains to that time. 
Wow. And okay. it also Wait, kind of has like a example. smell. It's so, okay. it's like, it's hard. It's hard to give an example because it's yeah. like, it's not, it's not something we're given language for. Mm-hmm. It's really not. And I've tried to, I mean, develop that because uh, I don't know what comes to mind is like how, um, tribes that are native to Alaska, for example, have tons of different names for snow that we've never even, that we Mm -hmm. would never even consider because they're experiencing it all the time. Mm -hmm. So I have to kind of myself develop that language because other people aren't necessarily talking about these experiences and possibly aren't even having them, even though I think they're getting more common as we get more conscious as a society. Wow. That's really interesting. I love how I love how you describe that, honestly, because I, I can relate to it. But like you said, it's hard to say in words, but I, I get it. <laughs> like, That's I really get it. the thing about telepathy and stuff. We don't have to say it with our words. Yep, like, yep, sometimes, exactly. like, if you say, if you as a, as a intuitive, as a psychic person who you are, you say, I don't know how to like describe it or my mind isn't totally wrapping around it, but I get it. I believe you because mm-hmm. there's something going on in your body or on a cellular level. I have this happen too. And, and, you know, you don't want it to be like hokey, like, oh, people are just saying that to like, I don't know, boost your ego or whatever it is. Um, but I get that all the time, like where I'm channeling something and the, the concept is so esoteric that it's mm-hmm. almost to understand if we try to understand it like we're in a, you know, a high school math class and and be like, oh, yes, if I were to take a test on this, then I can, you know, say it's A, B, or C. Um, it's not always like that. Sometimes it's like, I just feel it. I, I get it on a mm-hmm. cellular level, which is yep. perfect for your sentience, but that's, that's what happens. Sometimes that's the way people receive things as well. But the way clairsentience manifests for me is like in a thousand different ways. And, um, Another thing that comes to mind is when I am doing mediumship, which we talked about earlier, I do feel it in my body probably more than anything else. Mm. Um, it's almost sometimes it's the sensation that um, someone is actually like touching me or tapping me, but a lot of times it's just this physical feeling that an energy that isn't my own is present, like an mm-hmm. energy that isn't necessarily here all the time is here with me. And it's just a knowing all over my body. And then I also, of course, get, you know, chills, cold, hot. Um, I I often get teary-eyed too, or it depends what kind of emotion is moving and what the message is. Mm -hmm. I I was going to say for our listeners, if if they feel that they have this particular um, gift that one of the ways they can practice it and Jacqueline, you can weigh in here obviously, but for me personally, when I started learning about this gift and, and wanting to hone this skill, I guess, um, I would practice it just by, just by touching things. Like you were saying, like touching, um, you know, a crystal or Mm -hmm. my, you know, my cat or even like the door to a house, like feeling how, it feels not just physically, but energetically mm-hmm. and feeling like if you, if you get a sensation or if you, um, I'm trying to think, I mean, like, obviously like with Reiki, that's like a huge thing. Like we, we feel a lot, um, mm-hmm. when we're giving sessions, but I'm trying to think of like, um, something that isn't necessarily physical, but if you were to 
feel it energetically, you would be able to feel like the texture of it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. And these even cross over too. It's not always a clear line. Like if I, so we were talking about, I don't know, let's say you were going into a haunted space, a supposedly haunted space. Mm -hmm. You might hear things, you might feel things, um, and you might see things as well. But one of the things that that you might be doing is actually touching things physically. And it might not be an object in the room, but it might be like the wall or something like that. And then yes. that kind of, you start getting those those feelings and vibes. And I've had many, many experiences and paranormal experiences where a lot of the clairs are kind of all crossed over mm-hmm. into each other. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next clair that we're going to touch on is audience. So um, hearing. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that and what are some personal examples and um, ways that our listeners can hone that gift. I'm smiling really big because I think this is my favorite one, <laughs> which is so funny because when when I first started experiencing it and it was just that and I didn't even realize to what degree I was experiencing the other ones, I was like, I'm just hearing things. That's kind of boring. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It like wasn't, it wasn't cool enough for me, but that's actually, I think that this is actually where it starts for a lot of people and it's very easy to dismiss as imagination as well. So like you hear your name being called and it's as if like it really was or, you know, whatever it is. And uh, you don't realize that there is actually some psychic element to it going on. And it can be a number of things. And just because you don't receive confirmation in that moment doesn't mean that it wasn't real or for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so an example of that would be, let's say you're in the same house as your mother and um, you hear her call your name, but then you go over to see her and you're like, hey, what's up? And she's like, uh, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and you're like, you called my name. And she's like, no, I didn't. Um, what you could be hearing or tapping into is because, of course, one of the first things that I think when I hear somebody call my name in a certain voice um, and maybe they're not with me in the same house is, is something wrong? Are they okay? Mm-hmm. So I might call them or text them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the case, then what you could be tapping into is uh, you could be crossing spaces kind of with an a residual energy pattern or signature that maybe happened in that house or um, something like that. And you might not necessarily get confirmation. Like confirmation would look like I called my sister because I heard her call my name, which has really happened. I called her and she was in trouble, you know, mm-hmm. and then that would feel like, okay, I heard her name for a reason. Mm-hmm. But if you don't always get that reason, then you might be like, you know, it's just my imagination. What am I hearing it for? But then if you think about it being your imagination and it came out of nowhere, why would it be your imagination either? Right. You know? Right. <laughs> like, so that's the type of stuff that I, I'm talking about when, when it comes to like trust and self-denial um, because a lot of times this is what's happening. It is some kind of intuitive gift uh, being tapped into and you just don't even know it or pass it on by. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Claire audience, uh, I've, I've had that manifest in so many different ways. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Uh, but one of the things that I want to touch on is that Claire audience can involve kind of hearing it in your mind as if you are imagining it kind of like you would hear your own internal monologue. Yeah. But I it can say, yeah, yeah. It, it can <laughs> also be hearing it in your ears. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced both, but the most fascinating to me is when I hear it in my ears because that just feels so, um, you know, paranormal and interesting and special. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I've had instances where I'm hearing something more because I have ear earbuds in or some kind of earplug. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like I'll actually have a sequence where I take it out thinking that I need to hear whatever I was hearing better, but then I don't hear it at all. And then I put it back in and suddenly it's louder. Interesting. Okay. See, okay. For me personally, I don't feel like I, I, I don't feel like I hear things in my ear. I feel like I hear them more in my head. Mm -hmm. So I I feel like that's so interesting because I know other people like you who can hear it in their ear. And I'm just like, what is that like? (laughs) I don't think I feel that. I don't think I get that, but I definitely hear things in my head. So it's, yeah, it's different for me, but. And sometimes it's, I love the earbud thing because that actually, or, or earplug, because that actually has helped me differentiate certain things. Cause one of the things that people might think is when I'm describing all these various ways that Claire audience has happened, mm-hmm. um, it's like, well, they all sound different or it doesn't make any logical sense. Why would it be this way this time? And then this way that time, if you mm-hmm. had this gift, wouldn't it kind of occur in the same the sort same of way? way? Mm-hmm. And I think that there are so many other factors and nuances that go into it. So for example, um, when I've had things where I hear whatever I was hearing better with the earbuds or earplugs in, that was more of like a hearing something that actually ended up happening in, happening in the future mm. or um, something like that. When I hear entities, like something else is talking to me, mm-hmm. um, especially unfortunately when it's like a bad guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I hear it in my ear. Like, it, like if it was like if it was out, like if okay. the earplug was not in, I would hear it better. So I've had actual oh, specific wow. instances where that's happened. Um, can I actually tell you a, a quick funny story? Absolutely, yeah. Go for okay. it. Okay, this is one of the. This is one of it's so it's so it's it seems really silly, but I I think that's what's great about it. Um, I was staying in a hotel, which I always have more activity, especially Claire Audion activity in hotels. No and that's, gosh. <laughs> that's because it's like a transient space. Like yep. I'm not necessarily in ownership of that room. And especially if I don't set the intention or do something energetically to make that my space and have it as protected as like I might be at home, right? then um, there's going to be things coming in and out and feeling like they can. And also all these residual energies of people who have stayed there and things that have happened in the room and all exactly. of that. Right. So um, this has happened to me in hotels so many times, but this one particular time I was staying in a hotel with a friend of mine who was supposed to work like a promotional modeling gig the following day and her boyfriend was staying there too. So I was in one bed and they were in the other bed and I had the earplugs in because one of them snored really badly. I'm not going to say who. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had the, the earplugs in And I don't normally sleep with earplugs, but the few times that I have, this has been enhanced. So I'm like, hmm, I need to like start doing that more and see what happens. Right. Um, But I started hearing like my name and it was – but it sounded like this. It was almost like like the two syllables, but I just knew it was like my name. Hmm. And then I hear Jackie, Jackie, because I go by Jackie. And I go to like take the earplug out. And it's even louder. 
And I'm like, what the heck? Are you guys awake? <laughs> like, what? Are you okay? Hello? And I like kind of said it quietly because I thought they, I wasn't sure if they were sleeping. They were dead asleep. Oh. Like just, they were out. And I, and I just hear, Jackie. And I was like, is this someone like at the door? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's coming from the bathroom. Oh God. And I was, I'm so like crazy, like when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> like I've had so many experiences that it doesn't, like sometimes I know like, oh, I'm not going to mess with that. Like I am not fucking with that. And I have to tell it like, whatever you are, go away. Go like, away. I'm not yep. like, I'm not doing this tonight. Yeah. But this wasn't one of those cases. It felt like. I don't know. It felt like I had to go in there. <laughs> and of course it's dark and whatever. And I was like, oh, maybe I just need to, you know, go to the bathroom or something. This is so <laughs> ridiculous. But in that moment, I got my period. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, it's my period, Angel. <laughs> like, <this is> just <laughs> making sure that I didn't wake up like Letting that. Like with, yeah, <laughs> with, with these people and like a man in the room and everything else. And I was like, oh, that's so simple. Like I like if that, like let's say that happened, I would I'd get over it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that it didn't have to, like, that's so sweet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's amazing. I but love that, that was one of the cases where the having the earplug in was actually like subduing the noise because it was like outside of of me mm -hmm. and it was more of like some kind of spiritual spirit thing that wasn't mm -hmm. you know what I mean it was like yeah. so and like if I if it was vice versa where I'm hearing it more in when I have the earplug in it's usually something else Interesting. Okay, that's so cool. Like for I, I don't know. I want to start working with this a little bit more because I feel like I I I do experience it more in my head, but maybe I just need to start paying attention more to if you're that. into frequencies, <laughs> if you're into music, if mm -hmm. you're into any of that, like and it really, really moves you, mm -hmm. I would say that's a really good place to start to with start psychic okay. energies. Yeah. If because uh, I would I would say that I fall into that category. I'm very, very um, moved and healed by music. And it's one of the okay, reasons why. Yes. And I also have exceptional hearing like and I always have okay. like even since I was a kid. And there's crossover there, too, because it's like, am I actually like do I have fantastic hearing like I can hear it across the other side of the room because my ears are just working that well? Mm -hmm. Or is it that that extra my sense is coming through? <laughs> yeah, because I can I've literally like heard entire specific conversations or known when somebody's talking about me and when I was at like distances that I should not have known that or been able to hear that mm, okay I well okay the music thing definitely definitely speaks to me because mm -hmm. I, I and I get like full body chills listening to certain music and it's not and it's sometimes it's not even like what the person's saying it's more of like what the song is making me feel you know what I mean right so yeah of course I I definitely need to okay I'll work with that a little bit more yeah and for I our think listeners that that's a good way to exercise that too <laughs> yes that's a really really good sign and also when you get chills with music they're actually like scientifically starting to categorize that as um being a person who what they call it is openness to experience somebody mm -hmm. who's able to um, be more open to experiencing things somatically mm -hmm. and in my opinion that definitely has some relationship to psychic gifts yes for sure um okay moving on let's look at claircognizance yeah. so this is what is this tell tell our listeners claircognizance is when you don't necessarily need to hear anything and you don't necessarily need to feel anything, but you know it. 
Like you just know it. And that's mm-hmm. probably one of the most common, um, mm-hmm. but also not something to like stick your nose up at because it's one of the most powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what we were talking about um, earlier when I was talking about my mom telling me that into it, you know, women have really strong intuitions and everything and me mm-hmm. just like knowing things. Um, and I think personally for our listeners, if this is something that you feel you may have or you want to utilize more and, and, and learn more about, um, I am all for telling people if you know something like that is your truth, that is your intuition speaking to you. And if you don't, if you can't necessarily like explain what it is, more than likely it's because it's it's on an it's on a totally different realm. It's on a totally different energetic level. And being aware of that will or the more you are aware of it, the more often it'll happen. Is that true for you, Jacqueline? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And then it's the same thing like building trust because as it's confirmed or affirmed, then you start to build that trust. But it's also like one of those things that you don't want to get into a snag with because there are going to be certain things that you know that you're just not going to be able to prevent. Mm -hmm. And I know that some people will be like, I knew that was going to happen and I didn't do anything about it. And there's going to be a lot of cases where you couldn't have anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's not something to beat yourself up over. And then it's like, well... (laughs) One of the questions, like the philosophical questions to ask yourself and something I ask myself is, if I knew that and there's nothing I could do about it, what was the purpose of me knowing it? What is the value in this gift? And I think that one thing that it actually does is sort of subtly prepare you and your nervous system for handling that. And you might be receiving information on like an unseen, unknown level that's going to help you with that whether that be from your guides or, um, you know, things that you've experienced in a past life, it starts to get your own field acclimated for that happening. Of course, there's also cases where you might want to tell somebody something that they think you think is going to happen to them or to a loved one or, or whatever it is. And the same thing goes for that. It's just to help prepare. Mm, Yeah, no, I, I love that. And it's, I feel like I feel like that's probably one of the most commonly like the first clairs <laughs> that people um feel they have. Yeah. Because because it really is it really is when when your soul is awakening, right? And you are learning more about who you are on that soul level. This is where your intuition is just like going to flourish. It's it's going to be coming through like really really powerfully. And, um, and I, I know it can be a little daunting at first. It could be over overwhelming a lot of times. I know some people who have been like, I just, I, I go places and I know things and I feel things and I, you know, I don't know like how to handle all of it, I guess. What are, what are some words of encouragement that you would offer to, you know, individuals like that? This is going to sound so lame, but like just turning it, turning it into a positive as much as you can. And then also taking care of yourself and your body and your energy field as much as you can, because this is draining and it does take extra energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Something weird that comes to mind is uh, I'm never going to personally, like I have a pretty healthy diet. I have a really um, clean diet. This is something that's necessary for my health. And I also think helps um, when it comes to calibrating my own vibration so that I can 
show up uh, mm-hmm. in the world with these gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I could absolutely never cut out is sugar. And I was actually told that um, people who are accessing those psychic energies more often need more sugar because that's actually the energy, what th- those energies is burning. Like, so if you don't eat a lot of sugar, um, usually you're burning fat when you're when you're working out and things mm-hmm. like that. But um, if you have these extra senses being utilized and you're also dealing it with it on some level biologically, uh, you're burning sugar. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I mean, I, this is a, I'm like, thank you so much for helping me excuse my sugar addiction. <laughs> um, no, but like, I, I, it, it kind of still resonated with me as true in my body. Did you, do you feel that way? Like when I described that, does that feel? I mean, while you're saying it, the first thing that came to mind is like PMSing, like how I crave oh, yeah. like chocolate and ice cream and stuff like right before my period starts and usually mm-hmm. like my fir- the first couple of days of my cycle. Um, and I, I mean, I am a firm believer that women, our power resides in our womb, right? So during my cycle, I always set a time like um, time to do, you know, rituals and really like observe my cycle and you know, really sit with how I'm feeling and how my bleed is and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that the more I do that, the more, I guess you could say the more powerful I feel. And, yeah. and I'm, and I'm also very in tune with energies around me. I'm like a heightened, like a heightened sense. Like I'm not a mom, but I feel, you know, how moms are like, they just know things or they mm-hmm. know things about their children or whatever. Like I feel that when I'm on my period and when I'm eating a lot of chocolate and a lot of you know like ice cream and I'm not a huge candy person but I'll I'll uh, cheesecake was a big thing for my for me on my last cycle (laughs) yeah Um, so yeah I don't I don't demonize any food by the way that's a whole other podcast (laughs) also that like it has a vibrational use but Mm -hmm. either way I believe that when we're in that part of our cycle we're Mm -hmm. more tapped into feminine energy which is tapped into the intuitive energy because it's a receptive energy yes yes and I and I love like I love having, you know, client sessions when I'm on my period too. I just feel like I'm like in my element when I am just operating from that sacral energy, mm-hmm. from that feminine energy. So that's so interesting though. I had never heard of that being that like I didn't until she said it, but I'm like, this yeah. makes this makes sense to me. I love um, that. Yeah. But um, I also wanted to touch on like two ways that the clear cognizance um, can show up and it can seem kind of normal, but that's actually what's happening. Yeah, go for um, it. So one thing that comes to mind and that I have always done my whole life is I, if I meet somebody, I have this knowing that they're going to be an important person in my life, mm-hmm. like instantly. Like, and it's on like a, it's kind of a clear sentient thing. It's like on a physical level, but it's also, it's just an, it's just a clear knowing. And that's what Claire means. It's clear. It's, uh, it's, I, I know this and it just is what it is because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the ways that it shows up. What is the other one I was going to, I was going to mention? Let me think. <laughs> now I don't remember. Um, so maybe it's not important right now, but, uh, do you have any other specific way that that shows up for you? Um, not necessarily. I feel like, I mean, like what I was saying from a very early age, like I would just like see somebody and like know something about them or, mm-hmm. um, and it, and yeah, it, like the more, like the more random it was, like 
the, the more scared I was of it. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, like, like I was saying, like, I'd see somebody and be like, oh, their mom, you know, just died yesterday or whatever. I'm like, holy shit. Like, how would I even like go up to a random stranger and be like, did your mom just die? Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it would just like freak me out. But when it came to people who, um, like you were saying, like when I first met them, um, I, I, I do occasionally get that sense that I'm like, okay, this person is going to be like a really important person in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but occasionally I will meet someone and have a knowing, I call them knowings. I ha- I'll have a knowing about them. And a couple days later, um, I'm trying to get, I'll just give an example. It'll be easier to explain. I met this girl recently and she is like a girlfriend of a friend and mm-hmm. it was my first time meeting her and like she walked into my home and she shook my hand and I was like, she wants a Reiki session. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about her. I know I didn't even know her name at that point, but she like introduced herself and I was like, hi, nice to meet you. And then, you know, about an hour later, she's like, so what do you do for work? And I was like, oh, well, I'm a Reiki master. Like I have my practice here in Salem. And she goes, oh my God, I've always wanted a Reiki session. <laughs> and I didn't know anybody in the area who didn't. I was like, girl. <laughs> so like little things like that, like I just knew that, and, you know, and I didn't even try to like, I, I wasn't the one who brought up the conversation, right? right? I wasn't the one who asked, you know, like started um, talking about my, my career and all that. So little things like that. And, and I mean, I wasn't even surprised at that point. Right. Like, mm-hmm. cause I already knew. And then she asked me about, it. I was like, Oh yeah. So when are you booking with me? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's very similar to how it shows up for me too. Yeah. And one of the other big things that that brings to mind is that I, and it, it's a little, I mean, I can't even say honestly that it's distressing. Maybe when I was younger, it was, but I, I always know kind of about when people are going to die mm. um, or if certain people are going to die sooner than others. Like I have this like sense of how close that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and one way that shows up is a lot of times people will post on social media like, oh, this person is going through this thing or my pet is going through this thing. And I usually know whether this is going to be the thing that – um, allows them to pass on or mm-hmm. it's something that they're going to heal from. Mm-hmm. And- so, okay. So wait, wait, in, in those, in those situations, mm-hmm. do you feel that that knowing comes through more clearly if the person doesn't ask you or have you had people ask you and been like, Hey, like, do you, like, can you see when I'm going to pass on and like, you know it, or is it more so randomly? Does that make sense? It's both. It's okay. both. Okay. And and I would say sometimes when somebody asks me directly, it's almost harder because that puts a whole different Absolutely. pressure system yes. on it. Um, but and it's also it's very hard to tell someone that that's going to absolutely right to happen. Um, and also, I don't want to clearly tell anybody that ever without their permission. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes if it's something that it's like. The other thing I'm able to perceive very well is multiple timelines. Mm-hmm. So there are cases where it's not necessarily inevitable. It's a choice between two timelines that maybe they can exercise the uh, longer timeline or higher timeline if they make some kind of change. Okay. And so I might if I'm able to do it either organically or get permission in a way that feels ethical, mm-hmm. tell them what that thing might be. Okay. So, okay. That makes sense. And, and the reason I ask about whether or not it comes through differently for you, depending on if the person asks or if you just know it, 
um, is because I have that when it comes to relationships, mm-hmm. like when it comes to couples. Oh and, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah that's a couple. death. Like think yes. about it that way. That is a death energy. And yes. so it can come across in all those different ways that I mentioned. And I, yes. I work with couples a lot too. And I noticed that Same. that's, that's a big direction, um, for your work, which we should totally collaborate on. Something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of my specialties also because my background was in, um, interpersonal relationships, my degree, uh, communication. And so I studied a lot of relational and relationship psychology. And that's also part of my Dharma because that's something I've been through the ringer with. Like I've been Mm. in some intense relationships. I've seen intense relationships around me and grown up with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, that is one of the hardest things, especially with, uh, and this is such a like controversial subject now, again, whole other podcast, but twin flames and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. people will want to know if their twin flame is their twin flame. And I do my best to try to empower the other person to, mm-hmm. uh, make that conclusion for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, it's, it's so complicated, first of all, in my opinion, but second of all, I want people to feel empowered in that way. Um, but, Usually I get a sense of if a relationship is um, probably going to end or just serving a temporary purpose or if it's something that's going to happen. Like I'll give an example. Um, A session that I did with somebody revolved around uh, their partner having cheated on them. This is somebody that they were with for a long time and they were very blindsided, but the person actually came to them, apologized and said what happened. Like they found out through the person themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times I think people want to project their own judgment or experience onto those situations where it's like, okay, that's a, that's a deal breaker. Like mm-hmm. that's done. Like I'm going to push this person to break up with this person because they deserve so much better. Or you project your, your love and care for them as a human being or how amazing you know them to be or whatever it is. Um, but it's just not totally accurate to their experience and their karma. And so sometimes what I'll pick up is that uh, this is not over. Like something's going on where there's an expansion and a shift and and everybody needs to reorient, Mm -hmm. but this is not over and you're not ready to throw in the towel, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So those are the kinds of things that I definitely pick up on, but it is very difficult. And it's one of those things that has those layers of pressure that are probably filtering yours and mine um, when it comes up for me, our ability to definitively say like, yes or no, or this is going to end or not. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you said, it's not like pleasant if somebody were to ask you that. Like it, I've had situations where, um, where, well, I, the one that I'm thinking of right now is I was out with, um, with Angel, with my, with my man and mm-hmm. his, um, it was someone that he knew and she was like asking me about, she was like, oh, so like, you know, Angel said that you, you know, do readings and you, you're a Reiki master and this and that. And, and I was like, yeah. And she was like, so I'm dating this guy. And I was like, oh my God, I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> and she was like, you know, we've been together for like a couple months, but like, I'm just so in love. And like, you know, I, 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 you know, I think this is it and whatever. And one thing that I really noticed that she kept saying was that she, she kept saying that she thinks she's like, I think this is it. I, mm-hmm. I really think this and this about him and da, 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 da. And I didn't point it out right, right away. But then she was like, do you, do you think that we're going to last? Like, do you think that, you know, this is it? And I was like, well, there's a really big difference between thinking and feeling mm-hmm. and what you've been saying, you know, and I, and, it, and I, like, I knew in my soul that they weren't going to last, but I wasn't yeah. you know going to say that. So I kind of turned it around on her and kind of like had her 
pay attention to how she was talking about him because yeah. it was all about thinking, thinking, thinking. And she never once said like she felt so in love with him or whatever. She was just like, I think I'm in love with him. I think he's a really good guy and all that. And so and there's psychology just, to that too. Like I language agree. can say so much, yep. but it's also it also is, I think, picking up on subtle energies that mm-hmm. are attuning you to paying attention to that difference in language. Yeah. And I I mean uh, I have so many, so I know, many, me too. I know. <laughs> so many instances like this where I actually what's what this conversation is helping me with is more and it sounds so dumb. It's like, oh, do you really need that much validation? Like you're literally <laughs> on a podcast to talk about your psychic gifts. Like right. obviously know what you're doing. Um, but then at the same time, it also, it, it really is. It's just like, I liken being a healer or a psychic to being an artist. And I'm going to have mm. some workshops and stuff on this specifically because I feel so strongly about it. I love and that. what artists go through is always like a a linear process of um, self-doubt and, Mm um, what's the word? You know, the word, (laughs) yeah, just like like insecurity, maybe. Yeah. No, I don't, I know this word very well. I don't know why it's it's (laughs) escaping right now. Um, oh yeah. Imposter syndrome. syndrome. Um, Not a word, a phrase, um, but uh, a term. And, um, it's so similar in that way, like just what, what healers experience and, um, the way that you have to find your own, your own groove and your own voice. And so I think we should normalize having psychics be able to say, I'm not totally sure about this. Mm. Um, like even in a session, I allow myself to say something similar has happened to me. So I want to just check in with my spirit guides and make sure that I'm not projecting Mm -hmm. this onto you. And I usually say something in my prayer to open and my intention setting to make sure that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But I'll always like catch that and just kind of like want to tune back in and even mention that because I just think it should be so much more normal that psychics question themselves because that's so common and inescapable. Mm -hmm. No, I, yeah, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. But what people if- will be like, oh, if you're questioning yourself, I'm going to question you too. Like I, you're probably like a fake. But the reality is people who are fake are never going to say that to you. Mm-hmm. They're never going to bring that up. <laughs> yep, they're always going to, they're always going to give the, the self-confidence air. Like they're just like, this is their jam and like nothing, there's nothing to doubt. Right. But like you were saying, especially when, oh, I don't know, I, I feel like. I feel like when when a reader, when a mystic isn't hasn't set uh, clear intentions and and clear boundaries that very often our own um, our own struggles, our own insecurities will leak out into our sessions. And that's Mm -hmm. where that's that's just where awareness comes into play, because it's like, okay, you're going into this session. Like, are you clearly there for your client or are you going to let your own shit get in the way? (laughs) Right. And you have to establish, you know, rituals and routines that make a safe energetic container Mm -hmm. for that other person. And then at the same time, which I think you learn this with time, but um, you have to be open to where some kind of similarity is actually pointing to something that's true. So mm-hmm. I call these stamps. This is the name that I was given, just like your knowings. <laughs> yeah. I call them I call them stamps. And what that is to me is when like, let's say a friend comes to me and they're like, I, again, I'm dating this person. Like, what do you think? 
And I will pick up an energy stamp that's related to someone that I may have dated that I had a certain experience with. Right. And I'm like, okay, am I projecting this in any way because this person, you know, maybe they have a similar face shape or something and I'm just bringing this up or whatever. Or they have the same sign. (laughs) Right. But usually the answer is actually that I'm picking up an energy stamp, like something that's karmically similar, Mm. something that like some characteristics or um, karmic things that that person is going through. Uh, Addiction comes to mind. I can pick up addictions very well. Um, Usually that stamp is telling me something that is valuable. Mm. No, that, that, well, and, and I feel like that happens often when, like you were saying, like a friend comes to you and asks, like, there's a reason they came to you specifically Mm -hmm. because you're the only one who would be able to pick up on those similarities and whatnot. So it's, yeah. And I can do that through pictures too, which brings me to clarification. <laughs> yes. Because I can actually smell pictures very well also, which it has some crossover with um, synesthesia. Like, so there are instances where you might say, and what's really interesting is most people associate synesthesia with like, so that's a, a crossing of your senses. So those are the people that can taste colors and things like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people say that with synesthesia, like a lot of the references don't necessarily make sense. Like if you see a picture of something red, you might actually taste like pretzels or something. Mm -hmm. Like it has no, like it doesn't really make total sense. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing about clarification is it seems to make a little more sense, but it's also not the same as just like a sense memory. And one reason I know that is because I can, I'll smell pictures of somebody that I've never met before. Okay. I have never, okay. I, this is new to me. So yeah. What, how? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's another, (laughs) and see, this is, this is where the clues come in too, because we're talking about like things that you naturally feel inclined to or are naturally Uh good at, or are really strong senses, um, might point to your strongest psychic gifts. But at the same time, there is the psychological nervous system element of like hypervigilance. Like a lot of times when people have a heightened sense of smell, it's because they're in a, uh, stress state. Um, so those things are not, are not necessarily separate. And I would say that psychic gifts are also not necessarily separate from, from trauma, which is a whole other thing to get, get into, but all Mm -hmm. these things cross over the biology. There's, I talk about lenses, there's lenses for everything. There's an emotional lens. There's a biological or physiological or physical lens. There's a psychological lens. There is a spiritual lens Mm -hmm. and there's like a, universal lens or all these different multidimensional lenses where all these things can seem like they're separate. Like if one thing is true, then the others can't be, but that's not the case. It can be all of them true at the same time. Um, so yeah, Claire olfaction. I can <laughs> psychically smell things. And one of my favorite examples of this, which is really interesting, um, at some point I started smelling baby powder out of nowhere. And what a lot of people would say that was, was like an entity. Like maybe you had a grandmother who used baby powder regularly and that smell reminds you of them. Maybe you're either having the memory or there's some kind of 
energetic presence that's giving you that smell. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I actually came to find out was that the smell of baby powder is associated with death. So one time I was driving through Portland and out of nowhere, I smelled, was it Portland? Doesn't matter. Anyway, (laughs) I smelled baby powder so strongly and it was in my car. There was no reason. I'm not wearing anything. And it felt as if that baby powder was like for a second poofed into my face. Mm -hmm. And I remembered this death thing and I was like, oh my gosh, does that mean, you know, something's going to happen? Like, Right. Am I going to (laughs) go? Yeah. But no, actually I drove a couple more blocks and right there, not even a couple blocks, maybe one. As I I had gotten that smell, somebody was being wheeled out in a gurney. Someone who oh, had who wow. was already dead, like they were covered. Yeah. And um, I immediately had that like in my sight very quickly right after that. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, I haven't heard about the baby powder thing. That's interesting. Yeah, I forgot where, I don't know, I ended up reading it at like yeah. just, just the right time. Um, and then that that has shown up in that way uh, a few times or several times. Okay. Are there any other like certain smells that that have certain significance to you? Uh, I don't know. There's so, <laughs> there's so many. And I do have a very strong sense of smell in general. Okay. Okay. Um, but one of the, the fascinating things to me is, I think you probably know this as somebody who studies couples and, and is interested in science and things, but mm-hmm. your, your pheromones or your scent is kind mm-hmm. of like a biological signature that can tell right. you if you know, like somebody else is a, a good partner for you or at least a good genetic match like you could have children together potentially that would um you know have a minimal amount of issues or whatever it is and um i can smell through a picture like a man's body odor mm-hmm. interesting wow yeah <laughs> it's very weird and so so Um, and it's different they're different too okay how do you use that like in like in a client session like I mean can you give us an example of a time where you did like a couple's reading or something and you were able to smell the man scent through the photo and how that played out in the reading um I can't remember a specific time or if I've done that specifically during a session. Okay. But I think I've probably done it with friends and things like that. Um, And definitely it's something that comes up for myself. And I don't think it's unrelated to the energy stamp thing that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. So it might be like a familiar smell to me because someone with a similar energetic imprint had that smell as well or whatever it is. Like it's hard to have that confirmed too because some of these people that I can smell it with, I'm never going to meet and I'm never going to be in an intimate situation with them or whatever it is. Right. Um, (laughs) But – and so it's like how do you – confirm this I can't necessarily on that one um but there have been many times where like the baby powder situation Mm -hmm. the psychic smell has been confirmed oh a big example um when I was younger and this was I didn't live in Oregon I lived in Florida and uh these kinds of things were very uncommon but I I would smell fire and I've always been an asthmatic too so I can smell smoke from miles away of course but 
and this is what I'm talking about, like with the crossover of like hypervigilance or, mm-hmm. uh, and your actual senses and, and psychic stuff. Um, but in this case, I smelled smoke that was not there. And, um, we ended up finding out that there were a bunch of like wildfires going on, uh, where somebody we knew lived at the time. Mm. Um, or, and it wasn't that far. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was, but I also had that happen where I also prophetically dreamed about seeing the wildfires all over the news and selling it, but they weren't anywhere near us to smell. And mm-hmm. I'd never watched the news yet. And then the next morning when I was actually getting ready for school, um, there were wildfires in Florida. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so stuff like that. And that was one of my, that's one of my oldest like prophetic dream memories. Uh-huh. Oh, that's special. Yeah. Wow. Well, as we wrap up this episode, um, what are some closing, closing thoughts, closing statements that you would share um, with listeners specifically regarding psychic abilities? Like if this, if this is something new to them, um, maybe they're a little bit either skeptical or um, unsure, insecure in, in themselves. Um, do you have any words of encouragement for our listeners? I think one of the biggest lessons is that it's okay to be skeptical and it doesn't mean that it's not happening. And you might be skeptical about it forever to some degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and to just build trust. Like I would I would double down on what was kind of casually mentioned about trust, um, building that self-trust and making sure that you're documenting either actually like writing it down or just kind of keeping tally for yourself of those moments where something you – thought or came up with intuitively proves to be true or helpful in some way. Mm -hmm. And just be able to like, being able to look back on that and have something tangible that you're like, no, I wrote this. Like, I remember (laughs) this happening. That's ideal. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you've been listening to Highway 555. My name is Raquel. And today I had a special guest, Jacqueline Faith, join me. Girl, thank you so much. And I am so excited to air this episode. Um, it's been a delight chatting with you. I know we we kind of went over time, but it was just I knew we I knew we would. Like I, knew I was thinking would, like, like an hour, an hour and a half. But yeah, yeah. it's the, I could I could just I could do We could go on. Yeah, I could do yeah. a million of these. <laughs> like I have so many things to say. But yeah, yes. it was fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And um be sure to follow Jacqueline. I will put all of her social media handles in the episode description and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week I will talk to you next time